Pondering today, an analogy of mental health and orientation upon things. The analogy from the individual. I think that my approach to understanding the world makes other people uncomfortable. And I think I was really sensitive to this throughout my life. I think that growing up I was not supported emotionally, and so in my sensitivity to people's reaction to me manifested me naturally in a state of constant distress. Perhaps left on my own, I compensated for this distressing existential awareness, or lack thereof as the case may be, by closing myself off from others such that all I had to deal with was myself and my perception of others. Due to this method that I devised on my own, automatically, one could even say naturally, a sort of counteractive force within me defended against the onslaught of people who behaved with discomfort around me, by being relentless in my pursuit of where the other person's uncomfortable presence stemmed from. People liked me. And I enjoyed people. Yet my way into the world was to search for the truth of others while also searching for the truth of myself, which, as I said, was really just an investigation into what we know philosophically as phenomenology. This is to say, that for the majority of my life I was only dealing with myself at all times. For, phenomenology is not just a way to think about things, it is a name of a type of total inclusionary strategy. The end of such phenomenological and philosophical approach to the world is ultimately the finding out that the end of the world is not the end of oneself, it is not that suicide would solve the problem, but likewise neither humanity is going to kill itself, nor is the world going to be destroyed. The notion of suicide, the invasive thought of the need to destroy oneself that arises through the total involvement of oneself, is never feasible. We call this kind of mental health issue suicidal ideation. Some studies have shown that people who suffer from intrusive suicidal ideation are involved with a different set of factors than those people who actually attempt to kill themselves. There is evidence to suggest that people who are only thinking about killing themselves, ideation, are not able to kill themselves, and that is why the obsession persists. People who see phenomenology as a way of thinking, as thinking denotes being, will be distressed as a way of being, what many people have called modern anxiety, whereas people who understand phenomenology as a total inclusive strategy will adapt. My point here is that the end of the phenomenological route of being is not physical death but psychic transformation. It is not a foundation of nothingness, it is a foundation of continuum. It is a giving up of that way of being which incorporates all things into its ability to know. Instead of a black hole, it becomes a supernova, a big bang. This psychic death does not kill the psyche, rather, the constituency, the manner by which the psyche is understood is transformed. The definition of psyche does not change. The meaning of one's psyche does not change. The discourse one uses to describe the psyche, as well as the history and ideological components of everything that can go into what the psyche is and is understood as does not change. In actuality, what changes is the constituency of the world itself. This is to say, what the world is is what is manifest. Okay. That was so deep. People tend to investigate the world step by step and piece by piece. This is so commonplace and regular that learning itself, and indeed knowledge itself, is understood implicitly to mean one single method. The method is understood to be inherent to what knowledge is. So everyone who learns things, or I should say, most people who want to learn and then go about learning how to learn are generally taught through modeling how to understand how knowledge and learning fit together. And this is to say, incrementally, step by step, assessing and contemplating and putting together and trying different pieces, thinking different thoughts, considering different angles, etc. At least, I think this is considered the most enlightened way of getting to know things and coming to understanding of things.
The analogy of limits. What I'm pondering today is that it could be that the reason why I have made people generally uncomfortable in my approach to the existing world is because that's never been my method. I wonder if the anxiety and general worry that I've carried with me most of my life was really because people were telling me, the world, society, my parents, my teachers, were all giving me the implicit message at every turn that something is wrong with me. What I am discovering now is that the way that I learn most effectively is just different than most people. The way I learn is to throw a hand grenade into the room. It explodes, and then I see the patterns that emerge. I watch how people react. I look at the damage on the walls, the coloration, the splatter, the screaming, the shutdown, the rationalization, the fascination, the excitement, the bewilderment. I think this is why people have generally liked me, but generally always gave me the impression that they were uncomfortable and at a certain unease in my presence. And maybe this is because I find out the whole dynamic and extent of the possible universe because I am like a bomb going off within it. The explosion, the infinite expansion of a total mass, finds the limits of its containment. Or maybe not. The analogy of truth. Rainbow, person, rocket, xxxxxxxx.